And welcome back to 216 Baseball, Cleveland Baseball Podcast. His name's Alex. My name's Paul. And if you guys have missed us, well, then guess what? We've missed you too. Let's get into it. going on man how you doing today brother i'm doing great i am just pumped as can be i use the standard i'm doing great thing i don't care i'm just happy to be recording it's been just under two weeks we've been off of our regular schedule a little bit for work stuff life stuff i had a baby whoops uh didn't use protection sorry um (laughs) (laughs) you know the team has disappointed us i mean there's all kinds of stuff going on but i'm hoping my mom's not listening yeah, right. exactly. If, if my mom figures that high out, school. what'd you say? Haven't used protection since high school. Oh my god! If my mom and dad figure out I didn't use protection, they're gonna be <laughs> pissed. They're gonna be pissed. But uh, ooh, yeah. So it's right out of the gate here. But no, I'm just happy to be back talking ball with my best friend. And uh, yeah, I just I missed it. I've been itching. We got so much to talk about. And so in my mind, it's just like add a little bit each day to our notes, you know, and add a little bit and it just starts piling up. And it's like, we got to talk about baseball. We got to talk about the Guardians and everything that they're not doing and why that makes me so upset. But how about you, man? You're going through it. Like, I feel like we should at least Uh, recap the last two days and why we were two days or a day and a half. Let's talk about, obviously, the first and foremost, as you guys know, Alex finally had his baby. Yeah. And uh, on here, I want to say congratulations. Obviously, we've talked since then, but true. Uh, Thank you. I'm super happy for the both of you, and I feel like that's priority number one. That's something that we need to talk about. Yeah, I'm so excited, man. I so we were fortunate enough to have. We didn't know the gender. Uh, I think we kind of said it on here a little bit, but it was going to be a surprise. I would have literally bet this podcast, my life, my job, our car, uh, cars, whoops, um, everything that we were having a girl. Like, I had it in my head. I would talk to the baby in my wife's stomach and call her by the girl name we had picked out. Um, I mean, we were having a girl in my mind. We didn't know, but I mean, yep. I, I we were having a girl. Like, I just, I sorry, I don't make the rules. That's what was, was going to come out. And... When the doctor, you know, my wife did an amazing job. First child she had, the uh, we pushed Everett out. She pushed, excuse me. She pushed Everett out in 21 hours. She was an absolute champ. Oh, my God. She did amazing. I love her. I'm so proud of her. I can't believe she, I mean, just, she's just so relaxed. I just, uh, I could go on all day. But anyway, I'm just so proud of her and so happy about everything. But the doctor starts, you know, I was helping and watching. And, the you know, the baby's head comes out. And... The doctor pulls the baby out in, in a way that the umbilical cord kind of blocked what was happening, and she turned him away from me, so it was just baby butt. And in that moment, I didn't see anything, but I was like, oh, I, I probably would have. I don't know. Like, it, it's going to be a girl. Like, show it to me. You know what I mean? But I was <laughs> like, oh. And it's facing my mother-in-law. 
And then she turns, the, the doctor turns the baby towards me because I was supposed to announce what it was. Like, it's a boy, it's a girl. That's what Taylor, my wife, wanted. Turns the baby around. And it took me like a solid two and a half seconds because I'm already floored. Because everybody will tell you in your life that watching your child be born is like nothing like it ever. And you know it's going to happen, but I, I cannot stress that enough. You have no idea what it's going to be like until it happens. It's like... I, I wish I could say your whole world stops in the best way. It's so overwhelming. I was crying. I knew I would. But anyway, so all this is going on in a split second. She turns the baby around and it takes me like two seconds to soak in that I'm seeing boy parts, not girl parts. And I'm like, <laughs> and I just kind of stare and Taylor's look, kind of looking at me and it's all happening. And I'm like, it, it's a boy. And she's like, it's a baby boy. I was like, it's a boy. <laughs> it's like, And I'm just staring at it like, wait, what? We were not supposed to have a boy. Obviously, I'm extremely excited. Um, we named him Everett. And, uh, you know, he's just perfect. God, I love him so much. But, yeah, I. this is why I don't gamble. Not only because I, I do want to say I called it. Yep. I said you have it a boy. I think I said it on the podcast. You did. You did. So, so, um, but yeah, he, we wanted a surprise and we got one. He's absolutely perfect. God, he is so cute. Everybody thinks their kid's cute, but our Everett is literally like the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. There's no bias. He's just wonderful. Um, man, fatherhood, it's crazy. I'm fortunate enough to have such a wonderful wife and uh, family. My parents came out, um, and my in-laws did too. Uh, my parents stayed for about five or six days, and then my in-laws got here on Saturday. So we've had a ton of love, a ton of help. Couldn't do it without them. But Taylor and I are getting in a groove. We're very much like do it, you know, just get it done kind of people, and he is worth it. We've been peed on, uh, pooped on, uh, no sleep at all, um, all that. But we just pick them up, and you look at them, and it just doesn't matter. I was just like, honestly, even though I get pissed, like, you can pee on me, dude. I don't like it, but I don't care. <laughs> You're so cute. She, He has his mother's eyes, bright blue eyes, which I didn't think would happen. And right now he has blonde hair. So um, I have d very dark eyes and very dark hair. So we'll see if it changes. But uh, he may. He's got my lips um, and my ears, but he looks like her. So, um but yeah, and no, no doubt it's my baby from the lips. Uh, he's he's got some nice <laughs> big lips. As soon as it came out, everybody's like, "Yep, those are Alex's lips," which is what Taylor wanted. So he's so cute. Thank you to everybody on Twitter. Uh, I know I had said, "Hey, we're going to the hospital," and everybody wished us well. That meant a lot to me and my wife. Um, and then uh, once we said he was born, that tweet did really well. Not that it's about numbers, but just the amount of people showed us love, comments. Thank you guys. It really means a lot. Um, and 216 baby is born. And real quick, last thing, because I'll go on the whole episode about my child because I'm going to be that dad. Um, <laughs> Quincy wanted the scouting report. Quincy specifically texted me or something and said, like, we need the scouting report on Everett. And... Listen, eight, it goes, what, up to 80 future value is how you scout? And nobody gets 80. It's impossible. Nobody gets it. Um, if you get a 70, you're like the best prospect ever. I'm here to tell you, Everett is an 80 overall future value prospect. Um, yeah, he has Drunkle Paul as a, a coach. Yeah, he's got speed, contact, power. Uh, he's probably going to be a two-way player. I don't really make the rules, honestly. Uh, in my mind, he graduates high school a year early, goes to Vanderbilt, Starts rookie year, lights it up so much that he declares freshman for year, the, not rookie year, but fresh freshman. Excuse me, lights it up uh, at 18 years old. He'll be in the 2040 draft at 18 years old with a year under his belt at Vanderbilt. Um, center fielder, 
Uh, I don't really make, you know, 4240 probably. Sorry, he's going to be fast. Uh, he's going to be like his be a dad. little undersized. A little yeah, undersized. He, oh, I was going to say 6'5", six, 250, six, all muscle like his dad. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, he'll be 5'10", he'll 5'11", be um, you know, maybe a little bigger than his dad. You know, maybe it'll be 180, 190. He'll fill out, but uh, I'll no, beef him up. Don't worry. Yeah, he'll he'll beef. We'll we'll get him beefed up. But no, he's he's going to be starting center fielder for the Guardians 2040. Sorry about it. Probably just going to skip the minors. I don't I don't know. He's going to be a phenom. <laughs> get that five million dollar slot bonus first overall in the draft. But uh, but no, he. We'll see if he goes down that path. I was teasing Taylor about it, and she's like, "Watch, he's going to end up playing like the oboe." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right. We'll see." <laughs> So, nah, uh, he's gonna play baseball. Yeah, he will. One hundred percent. I'm gonna live vicariously <laughs> through this child. In case anybody wondered, that's my only regret in life was not continuing to play when I was younger and try and make something of myself. But uh, yeah, that's Everett. So Paul's officially an uncle slash drunkle, and uh, the Guardians fan base got one little guy bigger. But he's wonderful. So thanks to everybody for that. But you, sir are going through it uh between yesterday and today what getting called into work out of power oh, you don't even have you don't have internet right now <laughs> yeah my power was out all day yesterday so we couldn't um, record and then right now my internet is still out and they have no time on when they're going to bring it up yep. um so and I'm back on nights so I've been called in on on my time off during when I'm supposed to be sleeping so gone like no sleep, uh. But yeah, it, it's been a rough two days. Um, but it can only go up from here. True. When you hit the bottom, you can't go any lower. Yeah. I don't know. You might get called in like while we're recording this. <laughs> uh, but um, what? Bottom motorcycle. Yeah. Um, Hot boy energy. So. Been riding around on a motorcycle. Everybody keep um, your wives indoors. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what else is new. Yeah, that's pretty big. Do you like riding it and stuff? I mean, any... Oh, yeah. I have love you it. sold your truck yet? We haven't really talked yeah, I did. to... I, I, oh, you did? I, I did sell my truck. Great. Um, with the... I was having a bunch of problems with it, and I, I kept fixing it and stuff, and then... Um, I think it was a money pit for you. Yeah, and then on top of that, with the way gas prices are going right now, uh, and everything, I'm just gonna go ahead and look for something that's a bit better on gas and uh, more manageable. Or just get a little Civic, yeah, until it something. dies. Um, I'm thinking about getting an old Geo Tracker. Oh, um, just to <laughs> to just go full shit box. They're like twelve hundred dollars. They get like twenty four miles to the gallon. And they're like, <laughs> I had to look it up. Jeep. You know, I'm a car guy, it, but I was like, I feel like I know what that is. Please don't. Just like <laughs> th- that's where you draw the line. They're like the little half Hummers, but like third, they're like a third of a Hummer. Looking, yeah, not even a Hummer, like a Jeep Hummer midget. Not to like be insulting, but they're just I don't even know, man. You can do whatever you want to them. They're easy to work on, and they get pretty good gas mileage. And then once I, once I do end up getting a like a car that that, that's going to be my car for a while i'll just turn that into a toy (laughs) i love that for you i just the motorcycle energy man yeah i love it i'm I'm having fun riding around uh yesterday i went and uh 
since my sleep schedule's all all fucker dude, uh, around six thirty seven, I went and rode down to the beach, rode up and down Atlantic Avenue here in Virginia Beach, which is the one that it's like the main street down by the beach, and uh, just rode for a second and um, just chilled, kind of vibed, put on put on some music in, in my in my AirPod, uh, and just kind of chilled. Man, if I saw you, my panties would get so wet. <laughs> it's a, it's a 1984 Honda Shadow. It's a, it's a bit older, but it runs great, looks great. The guy that I bought it from was a, he was a good buddy of mine, and uh, took really good care of it. So, which my understanding of motorcycles is, as long as you basically take care of the, I mean, the rest is just the frame. So, I mean, it's it'll run yeah. forever, right? As long as you just ascent, yeah, I. Uh, Eventually, I, I think I'm going to get it repainted, and I think I'm going to get painted. Right now, it's red, so I think I'm just going to get decals taken off of it, and I think I'm going to get some like navy blue accents on it. And uh, ooh, a little guardian bike, little guard. Not not. It's not. I'm not going to get guardians logos or anything. But yeah, kind of guardians themed. Yeah, guardians themed a little bit. Just get Tom Hamilton's face spray painted. You know, like what, those what shirts I might at like do the fair. Kind of like what we did because there's right now it has like the the old school Honda Shadow logo, and then it mm-hmm. has like a yellow like pinstripe on the tank. I might get like a blue pinstripe up on the tank. And if you guys have seen our new logo, which you all have because you listen to this and you're great people for that, but uh, like how we have the skyline on there, I might get that kind of detailed into it. Bro, whatever just makes sense for you, you know. I love that you were able to sell your truck and stuff. We hadn't even talked about that. Life's just been crazy because you're yeah. back the nights now. Are you four on four off or is it three on three off? Uh, so right now it's three on three off, but we're switching back to oh a. It's a. It, we're going to a different schedule that's going to be better. It's a. It's called a Panama schedule. So it's you work Monday, Tuesday. You're off Wednesday, Thursday. You work Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then you're off Monday, Tuesday. You work Wednesday, Thursday, and then you're off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you have a three day so weekend two, every other three, week. Two. Yeah, so it's two on, three or it's two on, two off, three on, two off, two on, three off. Sure. It's you guys won't know this, but uh, it's exactly what I worked when I was in Italy. Yeah, flex. Uh, so going back, and uh, I the reason why I like this schedule a lot better. Not that well, I'll brush over this real fast because you guys probably don't really give a shit. Um. I get a three-day weekend every other week as to where now if I get on the weekends, I'm stuck on the working weekends for like a month. And I'm kind of just trapped not being able to do anything with friends or, or going out on the weekends. Can't keep me in a box. I'm a peacock, Captain. You got to let me fly. Yeah. can't I just can't be tied down. But no, I mean, that's good. All the getting called into work crap on your days off, that's that's rough and no internet and no power. But we persevere. But we'll, we got a lot of stuff to touch on. Um, one, well, two quick things. I'll say uh, one is I think we're going to start basically season two. Uh, Paul and I kind of talked about it, and this is really pretty minor, but I, I don't know. It feels 
it feels cool that we've been doing this long enough to do it. But uh, I think we're going to kind of make it. This is technically the first spring training episode for us just because of the almost two-week delay. And thank you for everybody's patience with obviously Everett being born and getting into a routine here. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be kind of the start of season two. And I think yeah, each year for that first spring training kind of episode, we'll we'll roll over to the next season. So um doesn't really matter much, but I don't know. It feels kind of... Symbolic baseball podcast season two electric boogaloo. Yep, it just feels symbolic. Does this everybody listen probably doesn't care? It just feels like Everett. This is the first episode with Everett. Yeah, it's it's the first episode of the 2022 seasons with with spring training being officially started. Yeah, Um, just feels yeah, it just feels right. Yeah, and then I'll transition to the last thing here, and that before we get right into it, um, I think kind of the monologue and and maybe kind of another state of the address is just sincerely to anybody listening. We know there's a ton of new people listening because the last couple episodes have now, oh God, Paul, what are we quintuple to sextuple yeah, it's, times it's, our previous downloads? I mean, exploded. every time we do an episode, I feel like we're doing this, but the support has been fucking. Crazy lately. Crazy. And we cannot thank you guys enough. Um, the followers were up yeah. like 120 followers in like two weeks, basically, since the last episode. So like 33% growth. And then it's, it's the episodes crazy. are seven times the downloads we used to get. And we're sustaining it. This is like, it's been trickling upwards since the lockout, which is crazy because we joked about it that like me droning on and on for two hours. Who wants to listen? But Seriously, thanks for rocking with us. And as the show is kind of taking a slightly different shape, but we'll really bring a lot of value here too. Once we we get into the regular kind of series recaps and it, the show is a little more balanced, and we're kind of really talking ball and all that. But anybody listening, seriously, thank you so much. Um, it's crazy to think you know we started you know with fifteen people listening or so, and um, while we kind of keep it behind the keep it you know behind the curtains a little bit, I mean triple digit downloads per episode is crazy <laughs> like I, yeah. paul and i look at each other like texting like what is going on that people care enough to download um and and the growth's just been crazy so we're still just two fucking idiots that like baseball and sit down and talk and, and, and don't like we know what we're talking about but at the end of the day we're, we're just two fans that that like to talk shit and that that comes down to the core of it yeah, and it, uh, honestly, I can't say enough. The support on Twitter, um, if you're not following us already, 216 Baseball Pod, that's where, I mean, I'm on there. I handle it primarily, um, sending out probably at least five tweets a day, easy. I mean, but that's where all interaction is, and just the Twitter kind of glow up for us has been crazy uh, interaction with everybody. I do, real quick, I just, fun, maybe just because season two start just the growth all that life-changing shout out to some people obviously quincy always hanging and rocking with us um we got a fran meals eyebrow mr lamoli always a goat you know glenn longwell out there on twitter every day kind of interacting having fun with us i think he's out on the west coast i want to say like pacific northwest he lives out there he's always rocking with us mel from uh guardians of the land podcast rocking with us day in day out we got all kinds of and then i mean obviously if we didn't mention t williams we'd probably have i was to about to say up. you're forgetting no, I, I wanted to make man. him sweat i wanted to make him sweat a little bit you know i just 
but seriously, we have so many other people that are coming yeah. in and out of, of the mentions. Those are just the people that kind of day one and really do it. But there are all kinds of new people that I'm interacting with every day. And the input matters to me and, and just talking ball and, and joking around and having fun and complaining. And, and just uh, it, it's just cool to, to be able to talk shop and everybody keeps it respectful. But we can have a little fun, too. So uh, if you're not already, make sure you do that. And then... Um, you know, you can find us on every podcast service. Obviously, you're already listening. But if you leave us, uh, uh, make sure you turn on automatic downloads, follow the show so you don't miss episodes. And if you could leave us a review, that helps, lets us know uh, that you're enjoying the show. And so more people can can find it as well, um, especially with this recent growth. We'll, we'll certainly appreciate it. And then on TikTok as well. Every once in a while, Paul makes one uh, in between whatever it is Paul does, uh, just being a badass and riding his motorcycle. And that's two on six <laughs> baseball pod as well. So doing the plugs up front, but now let's, let's talk about the team, all the, the shout outs and stuff aside. Yeah. You guys are about to hear Alex get real negative and then me try to reel him back a little bit. And it's probably not going to work this time. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know how negative as much as I'm just Paul, I'm really frustrated. Um, when an organization or anybody has a clear cut plan, um, things, things change, you know, you have plan A, plan B, plan C, whatever it may be. Um, and, and you try and follow through on that and you execute our front office. I'll make no, you know, there's no question about it. They make wine out of water, you know, or mud. I think you, last time I used that analogy, you tried to correct me or get, get a little funny with me about mud is water or whatever that was. I don't know. Maybe I'm making this up in my head. Didn't you last time? Am I crazy? Uh, I mean, mud, I guess it's just dirt and water. So, like, yeah. I guess. Well, they take literal poop and turn it into to, to beer. Does that work for you? Something. Okay, that's I don't fine. Know. Okay, yeah. that one works. All right. I should uh, know that, my audience. That's gross, but okay. I don't like yeah. picturing that. Blah. <laughs> but they are doing an incredible job with a budget of basically, you know, a diet Mountain Dew, uh, a Dollar General off-brand snack and something else. Like, they do an amazing job. And but coming. Gym. Yeah, and a Slim Jim. Yeah, not even name brand. Uh, so coming into this offseason, we knew ton of f- payroll flexibility. I believe the only person under contract, a true contract, is Jose. Uh, we were at, what, $35 million of payroll, which is basically second or third worst in the league, I believe. And we knew arbitration was going to bump that numbers up quite a bit because we had a lot of guys that, you know, are young and controllable, but we're going to be first-year ARP guys and, you know, go from league minimum to – making some decent money, you know, your Fran meals, your, your Beavers, people like that, Cal Quantrill. Um, and that, and that was going to raise payroll, but even then we knew that would project out to maybe around 50 million. And that still puts us 75 million below league average payroll and still bottom three in all of baseball. We know we're not going to outspend people, but we also knew we have all this prospect capital that we have been storing, saving through trades, executing. That's going to come to a head. We're like, we're, they're going to make trades, um, they're going to probably sign one person because we're a couple impact bats or moves away from truly vying for the division and being an upper 80, maybe 90 win team. And that's exciting. You know, you're, you're in the mix and it's not going to be blowing up the farm or signing, you know, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon to half a billion dollars worth. Of, you know, it was just going to take a couple decent con not even decent just very manageable contracts a bullpen arm or two and a trade to get rid of all these prospects that we don't have the room for you know we're just sitting on them 
And next thing you know, we're exciting. It's the rebrand year. It's um, if we put a winning product on the field, people will come to the games. They're going to bitch all day about Chief Wahoo, shouldn't have changed it, woke culture, all that. If the team's winning, people will shut the fuck up and they're going to come to the stadium and they're going to watch the team, period. So that's very important. Um, and the front office said, yeah, we're going to have financial flexibility. We have a new minority owner coming in that hasn't been official yet, but they should spend a little bit, not anything crazy and make a trade. And we would expect that. And then people like Matt Olson, like we talked about, and Jesse Winker came off the board. We learned they're in on them, but it just didn't happen. Okay. So that's plan A. That didn't happen. That sucks. There's still some viable people out there. You have Jock Petersons. You have Jorge Soler I kind of sold myself on. You had Andrew Chafin out of the bullpen. Colin McHugh. These people went for like six mil a year for two years or five mil a year for two years. Very manageable money. Little pieces that you could add, you know, 15 million, you know, across a couple signings and not, you know, long-term uh, contracts by any means. No 40 million a year contract. Very manageable. And next thing you know, you're adding a few wins to the bottom line and you're changing the product on the field. Um, But all those people came and went. And we'll kind of talk about that really quickly at the end of the episode when we highlight some of the MLB hot stove stuff. All that stuff came and went. And we're like, well, they're going to do something. They're going to make some trade. Let's go get Sean Murphy, Ramon Laureano from the A's. You know, that'll help do some stuff. And time's just ticked on, and it's ticked on, and it's ticked on. And then finally, there was, you know, a report from, I think it was a week or so ago, and there was a new one yesterday, that basically the team commented and said, Antonetti kind of said, you know, we want to figure out what we got in these kids. We're going to, you know, let the kids play. Okay, that's, that's fine. I can wrap my mind around that, as frustrating as it may be. Okay, let's let's get a little aggressive and let's get exciting. Stephen Kwan has a nine and a half percent strikeout rate, which is elite, which is like so elite I could throw up his contact skills. You know, let's hope Stephen Kwan's out there. We have Gabriel Arias, who's a top 100 prospect in baseball and the number three prospect in the organization. He's played a little bit of triple A last year and the kid is a stud. Let's play him at shortstop then. Okay, let's we have Oscar Gonzalez, who has had a decent spring maybe we keep him in the outfield that i can go through all these names all day you know i don't want to beat a dead horse anybody listening to this is probably connected on twitter knows what's going on for the guardians right now but the the big issue is if you're gonna not punt but if you're like let's figure out truly what we have and then look towards 2023 to make another move make a signing get rid of some of these guys then you need to let those kids play right away and figure out what you got you can't have Bradley Zimmer on your roster opening day Oscar Mercado can come off the bench maybe but in a perfect world you know let's see if he's even on the team Ahmed Rosario should not be taking a single rep at shortstop anymore. He should be in left field, and then you could play Arias at short, Jimenez at second, or you can flip him. Just do something. Steven Kwan should start the season in our outfield. We need to figure this out. You need to play your very best prospects then. Richie Palacios, who just got sent down, should be playing maybe in left field or find a way. If you're going to figure out what you got, figure out what you got. Okay, plain and simple. And it doesn't look like that's what's going to happen. In fact, it's not. Arias is in AAA now, which isn't super surprising, although it's really disappointing. Uh, Richie Palacios got sent down. Stephen Kwan just made the second or third cut. He's still up with the team right now. Uh, We'll see if he makes it. But if he gets sent down, I'm going to lose it because he will immediately help the team. Period. If you want to figure out what you got, you don't need to give a ton of reps to guys like Zimmer, Mercado, and honestly... 
even Yu Chang, even though I love him, I do love him. You kind of know what these guys are. They're second. Zimmer shouldn't be on our team, but they're very small role players that are going to get some at bats when we have guys who could be every day for us. And the fact that we're not doing that is very frustrating. They've basically punted on, they had plan A, that didn't work. And so they're just kind of punting on it. They didn't want to even marginally upgrade the team with manageable contracts at all. They're just like, nope. Okay, well, we're just packing it in. You know, we'll just let, let's see what happens. Let's have 14 middle infielders on on the 40 man and figure it out. Those have gotten sent down, but in the meantime, it looks very likely that we're going to run Bradley Zimmer out there for a month until he strikes out 50% and we get rid of him. And that's taking, you know, Arias is down in AAA. It looks like they're finally moving Ahmed to left field, which is where he should be um, so that we get Jimenez at shortstop reps. We'll figure out what we have with Ernie Clement and Yu Chang and Owen Miller and Bobby Bradley at first. And Josh Nather is going to be coming back and maybe he plays first base. But it's just really frustrating when we have these high end young kids that if you're committed to figuring out what they have, then fucking figure out what they have. Because the people in their way are not like, oh, if everything goes right, that these guys are going to help us win, you know, 85, 88 games. No. This year is going to be a wash, basically. We're going to be in it a little bit. Our pitching, if it stays healthy, is going to keep us in it. But we're not going to compete against the White Sox. You know, second place is kind of the ceiling for us. And we're not going to make the playoffs, even with the 12-team format. I don't we're even know not. if second place is the ceiling with... I mean, the Twins, after what they did last year, they still have to show me that they can they can do it. But the Twins are, are stacked this year. Yeah, I don't know about stacked because they never have any pitching. But they got that's that's a good point. The rest of the division has gotten better. And I'll go on all day and I'll complain and I've articulated enough. Did they go sign pitching? Yeah, they get some. They got like Chris Archer like today who's washed and has always been super overrated. But no, their big thing is they you know they got rid of Jose Barrios last year. They brought in Sonny Gray who's good, but you know he's not going to be prime Sonny Gray. Um, and then Hinjin Ryu I think is still in. Try not to mix him up with uh, the pitcher for. Uh, the Blue Jays, but that one of their guys they signed, I think, still is well, out Hinge on Tommy. Hinge Ryu is the pitcher for the Blue Jays. Okay, he. Uh, who do they have? Don't they have someone that's still out on um, Tommy John? But anyway, they have no pitching, basically. That's their problem. But, yeah, second place isn't even guaranteed. But that's, that's a good point. The rest of the division has gotten better, and we don't need you to go out and sign Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. We don't need that. But you could have made a few small upgrades not bringing back Brian Shaw on a $3 million deal, which I don't know who, like, where, he knows where the bodies are buried, just like Bradley Zimmer does, that he's on this team still. But it's just like, isn't, we're, isn't, didn't we find out last year that Tito is real big on Brian Shaw? Oh, I mean, we, he's always been big on Brian Shaw. That's his, that's his boy. I mean, they said that when he was waiting, Brian Shaw's like, well, I was waiting for you guys to call me. But the fact he got $3 million, I don't care if he's back on our team, but like, there were pitchers that went for a million or two more a year that are just so much better than Brian Shaw. Now, and let so- me ask you this, right? I, I tweeted out today is that they're in, in talks with Jose for an extension. If Jose gets a, a long, like, worth it extension, like he gets his bag, and w- will this ease some of this frustration if we extend Jose essentially for the rest of his career? Yeah, so that's a really good point. Thank you for that. Um, that is the only situation where it doesn't excuse the absolute fumbling and just lazy, just absolutely lazy 
byproduct of what they haven't done. I don't even know how to phrase it. I'm getting frustrated thinking about it. That is the only way that it's like, okay, this year's a wash. We already knew it was, but at least he will never play for another team, you know, realistically. And he's going to be there for next year when we go for it, when George Valera is probably ready, when Gabriel Arias has been up for six, you know, a couple months this year, and we know what he's doing, and maybe he's stuck, or, you know, next offseason, hopefully the minority deal's in place, so we go and get somebody else. Yes, basically, bottom line, the only way that I feel comfortable, and I won't, I'll still be disappointed, happy, but disappointed, and Honestly, no excuses for the front office and the way they've just kind of punted this. But that see, the will way least... I see it right now is I think that they called some of these people down, kind of like what we talked about last week. Not that it's right, but time, try to manipulate some money. Oh, that yeah, they're 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 going to be up here soon. They're going to get all the reps that they can. Right. I think that right now all they're trying to do is just limit who they put out there opening day to save money and and keep keep them under control as long as possible a hundred percent that's what it is so we're going to see them they're going to get their reps they're going to come up here and it's as much as that's shitty and we talked about that last episode that's still where the game's at today so my, my thought process is once I like wrapped my mind around that I was like okay yeah like it sucks right that they're not on the 40 man for opening day um I'm still on record saying I like Bradley Zimmer. Uh, mostly it's just stubbornness now. But yeah. I still really like his defense. Um, Miles but, Straw is our center fielder, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like We don't need another. We need But here, here's my thing. With, with, with Josh Naylor coming back, right? Yep. I think Josh Naylor is going to play majority right field. Because yep. I think first base, their eyes, I think their eyes, Bobby Bradley, is their first baseman. Yeah, but I, I we need more so, time for these kids. It's just like, but you're yeah. you're saying get these kids up here so they can play. What? Why are you excluding Bobby Bradley from that? I'm not. I'm not excluding him. I'm saying that we need to see some more of Bobby Bradley because it was just half a season. I've said it before. I've whispered it to you that I just I don't know. I I'm not a Bobby believer. I've written and you know I've written articles on him. I, I'm very familiar with his body of work more than an human being should be um in the strikeout rate is just never going to change unfortunately but when he makes contact he's going to hit it out of the park it's just you know he, he's got to hit 240 or something but in the defense is fine you know it's whatever but it's so here's the thing i think they give bobby bradley more time at first and i think that puts josh naylor majority in right field josh naylor is coming off of a gruesome injury we all know that right so getting someone like a Bradley Zimmer, who's a defensive specialist, to go out there and you can throw him out there and not worry about his defense. Yeah, the bat is is atrocious, right? But he can still hold his own on on a baseball field. So you can you can it's easier to ease Josh Naylor back into the swing of things with with a major league baseball game after what happened to him last year with him splitting time with somebody in right field while some while we're calling some of these kids up shortly. Yeah. I mean, that that's an option. But to me, then, you know, you stick... I, Quan doesn't quite have the arm for right field. It seems like a lot of people scout him. But I can live without that. The bat would still just be unbelievably... You know, uh, he's an elite contact hitter. Um, he's still, he hasn't struck out in spring training yet. 
which is amazing. Um, so I would rather him still be up here. But yeah, I think Naylor's going to get the majority of the time at right field. And then depending on what happens and with some of these kids coming up and depending how Bobby does, I could see him, you know, Naylor playing first ultimately. And I think that's probably the best place for him as long as he continues to develop and hit. Naylor does, that is. So we'll we'll see. But it's just we know what a lot. If that's the case, then we have to move on from some of these kids at by the trade deadline. We got to get some of these kids out of here by the trade deadline and, and get and get draft picks or, or younger prospects. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's something that a lot of people you, you can't you can't hold on to Bobby Bradley without playing them. Yep. And I mean, that's where inherently we need to figure out. I guess they need to figure out, you know, what exactly to do with Ernie Clement, Owen Miller, and, you know, Yu Chang. And Yu Chang. It's like, but we know what these guys' ceilings are. Owen, not so much. Ernie, I mean, I love him. I'm an Ernie stan. I like him more than Owen Miller, but I know I'm talking out of my ass because the ceiling for Owen Miller is a lot higher than Ernie's ceiling. Uh, just his, his, his offensive profile by all means is way higher than Ernie's. Um, but I'm just not impressed with but Owen. But at the same time, I, th- I think Ernie Clement's defense is way better. Oh yeah. Than, oh yeah. Than his, but that's, so again, it's one of those things where like, okay, yes, the offensive ceiling's higher, but what we're also at the same time, you're devaluing defense again. Yeah. We're also talking about three guys that if we're not lying to ourselves, we know we still not so much Owen and Ernie, although Ernie, I think we can all comfortably kind of know what his ceiling is. But like I like Yu Chang too, but the the bottom line, let me just get to it. A lot of these guys are role players. They are not stars. They're not guys that are absolutely gonna stick that you run out there 150 games at that position and that position only. That's what I'm getting at. And we have this big bucket of and slew of people that are like, yeah, they're kind of platoon guys. Yeah, they're kind of utility. And it's like we need guys that just stick. You need those guys on your team. You need them on your bench. Problem is, we have like six of them. You know what I mean? And like that doesn't work. We need to figure out who's sticking. Who are we going to run out there 150 games at shortstop, at second base, at first base? Who's the long-term solution? And you got to make some some tough calls sometimes. So what are we... Re- I like Yu Chang a lot. I go back and forth. But he's been playing out of his mind. And he's a nice guy. But, I mean, he's kind of a bench guy. You know what I mean? Like, should he really be holding up, you know, Jimenez playing second and Arias playing short, you know, and then Chang's kind of out of the fold. I mean, do we really think Owen Miller is going to be better than Gabriel Arias or Jimenez? I'm really high on Jimenez. You know that. And he's having a great spring, too. It seems like he's really, you know, gotten his act together. So, here's something that nobody's talking about either. Once we start showing some of these kids some... The longer we show or let these prospects play in the minors or majors, the more they that the, they're shown, the less their stock could potentially go down too. You know what I mean? Like we didn't move them when it's kind of like you have all this good buzz around them or or like say they get injured, say they come up and they're just ass in the majors. You know, we give them two months and say Aria sucks. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But say, you know... Owen Miller just continues to suck. That's just more time that's under their belt that, like, you're not going to get anything for these guys. So True, but then you have to think about the flip side of it. If you do bring them up and they shine, you get even more from it. Yeah. It, it's a it's a gamble. You can't just look at, 
the most negative thing that's going to happen and, and, and focus on that. You have to look at the upside with these guys too, where Owen Miller can come out, play play slightly above average defense, which that's all he's going to give you. He's nothing special with a glove, right? But he can smack the cover off the ball, and that just boosts his his, his buzz even more, and people are more interested in him. Same thing with uh, same thing with Ernie Clement. Just on the flip side, like he's going to play killer defense. We saw it last year, right? He's going to flash leather, and he's going he's gonna if he comes out here and he's a two eighty two ninety five hitter, then then he's just gonna it's just gonna boost up his stock even higher you can't just focus on well what if it doesn't work out what if these kids come up and they don't like yes that's true it very well could happen but also it's just as likely that the other is going to happen too yeah which is true i i'm not trying to be overly negative i'm just saying because you are being overly negative but there's a lot to be negative about this team i'm not gonna lie it's pretty embarrassing what we haven't done but it just sucks that six thirty forty five ish games we're gonna run some Zimmer might make the opening day thing, which is a war crime um Mercado who I, there's space for him on the bench as a platoon guy, but if we cut him, I wouldn't care. I'd rather see these guys. We're not competing. we know what these guys are, so if if that's the case, get some of the guys some major league reps and figure it out. Our problem is obviously we have a billion infield middle infielders, and so there's only so much room but it's just, I, I don't mean to be overly negative about the risk, because you're right. They can come up and be studs, and then their stocks go up, or we found our solution. So you got to figure it out. It's just the process of, like, stop kidding yourselves. We have all this elite talent waiting, and we're going to just kind of wait. We're going to kill 45 days to basically come to the same conclusion that we all already know about these. And if I'm wrong, okay. You know, I'll, I'll eat it. I'll admit it. But don't think we're really going to find anything else different about Three or four I of these still guys. think that with with where we're at now, right? Baseball is a sport where anyone can pop off on any given day. Yeah. And with our pitching, right, and, and with with Jose and Franmil and and the type of guy Austin Hedges is and the defense and leadership he brings, ah, I, I still think we're going to put out a above average product onto a baseball field. I still think we're going to perform rather well. I think we're going to compete in the central for at least we're going to compete for at least second base. But we, we let's see what the White Sox do this year, uh, and if we can hold up to them, we're in a very scrappy division. Yeah, and um, like I, I'm still excited for for what we're going to put out there. If these these kids are going to come up, we're going to see flashes of, of what they can do, and they're going to play the whole bring up send back down game with them i guarantee it the same thing that they that they've always done because the the that's just how baseball is right now and it, it's still an exciting time because we have all these young kids and and the potential is unknown so who knows what's going to happen so i think that right now we're sitting at a, a spot where the future is is bright and the future is unknown and it, it's that exciting it, it's that exciting feeling of just diving into something not knowing what's going to happen and, and figuring it out and that's what Tito's great at that's what Tito's great at leading teams like this where he's the the white on the front of the train that that just gets you through a foggy abyss and, and just pushes through everything 
because that's that's what Tito's done for years with with these teams. Yeah, it's just depressing. But it's depressing now because we haven't seen a product get put out on the field other than the spring training, which we can kind of see. But spring training doesn't really count. You know what I mean? Because they just throw they throw kids out there and and yeah they're trying and stuff. But it's still not they're they're exhibition games. They're not real games. So we'll see what happens when when our rotation is actually pitching once every five days. We we get to oh, yeah. see Bieber and then Savali and then. Uh, please sack and, and and all those guys. Yeah, the pitching and, and will carry us. If it wasn't for and, them, and you get you get to see them pitch all pitch once every five days. And Jose is going to get his. Fran Mill is going to get his. Miles Shaw's going going to be a, a singles and doubles machine. Um, you know I mean, Yu Chang's going to have Yo Yu Chang's going to have a Barry Bonds moment again. Yeah. Ahmed's going to Ahmed's going to get his. Uh, hopefully Bobby Bradley showed, showed flashes last year. If we can, if in the off season, he worked on, on putting, putting more bat on ball and, and more contact and, and putting in T work and soft toss and doing all the little stuff. Cause he's still young. Um, if, if he can, can get that going, he's going to get his Austin hedges is going to going to show out on defense and yeah, he might be a liability behind the plate, but his leadership is, is you you can't you can't put a value on that. I think Austin Hedges is a guy that you keep on this team forever. And with the defense he puts out, yes, his his bat we we're gonna get into a debate about this, I can already tell. I think Austin Hedges is our catcher for the foreseeable future. I love Austin Hedges. I think his defense is something that is needed behind the plate. It's something that the Indians have always had is a strong defensive catcher. They don't rely on 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 the bat of the catcher as much, right? And at the same time, just the the type of person he is, the way people talk about him, the the watching interviews of him and the way you can tell he's became the leader of that team. As much as he's not the best player on that team by a long shot, right? But there's just something about that, like his face and and him and him and Jose kind of seem to run that that locker room. At least, at least from on the outside looking in, I could be 100 percent wrong, right? But it, it it seems like that's the case. Like him, Bieber, and and Jose seem to kind of keep things on 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 lockdown. Yeah, I think that's fair. I've come to terms with his bat. It's inexcusable. Um, but the defense and the way he calls it, if we build everything else around him and he was just the one weak link, then you can live with that. You know what I mean? But we just have so many freaking coin flips that, and again, it goes back to last episode, $15 million, one decent trade, and this team could be a hell of a lot more exciting. And that's what makes it so frustrating. That's why if we were like a 65 win team in, you know, it, and it was like, oh, yeah, you got to spend God knows what kind of money and we got to get all this luck to maybe, you know, be 85 wins. No, it's like, dog, a few very reasonable moves and like this team's so exciting, you know, and that's what and it's part of the process with these guys. But 
I mean, I'm fine with Hedges, the game he calls and the way he calls that staff. And I think you hit it on the head when you said him, Jose, and Bieber are like the leaders. I think Jose is by far the most leader, but it's still, it's the youngest team in baseball, if I'm not mistaken. And by that, I'm almost positive they are, which is crazy to think. So um, it's just that needs to be the only black hole. The only positive thing is they continue now. The last few days seems like they're getting reps and they've kind of accepted the idea that Ahmed's going to be the left fielder or see more time there because, again, that was just going to be garbage. They can't have him blocking people at shortstop since we are going to run out. You know, uh, we're really going to try and figure out what we have. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just frustrating. Jose extension is the only thing that really settles it for me and that, like, Okay, you know, but truly, let's figure out what we got this year. But at least that backbone, a top eight player in all of baseball, top five most years, is going to be here for the next six, seven, eight years. And he will always be their MVP candidate at third base for us. And that's like the anchor that you that the team is built around. Um, because I don't care about prospects that we could get for him. I don't want to trade him. I think that would just be a travesty because... You don't let a top eight player in all of baseball go. That It's crazy. All of baseball. And he plays third base for us. He should never wear another uniform ever. Extend him. At least that gives you the confidence that, okay, this year's the trial year, but Jose's going to be here next year. No questions about it. No buzz in the locker room. Are we going to lose our best player? You still got, you still got Fran Mill. You're yeah, still you got Bieber. You got everybody. All the guys besides <laughs> Jose, right, are going to be here next year. Yeah, and Jose will be too. For you know, if we don't trade him or whatever, even if he doesn't get extended, fourteen million dollar option, which is you know less more than half of his actual value. But, but I don't know, if man. If we can, if we can extend him for six years, seven years, right? That'll make me happy. Yeah, yeah, I'll be happy. I, I, it still won't excuse the way they just punted this off season and just kind of like. I won't up. say it'll excuse it, but it will make me feel a lot better about the future. With the with with the lack of what we've done, right? That just means he's going to get more money, which is going to make him more likely to sign it. Mm-hmm. And the longer he's in Cleveland, the longer we're able to compete. Yep. Especially with the pitching we have, if we get, we're going to have control. If I believe Bieber's close to signing an extension. To he, at least he said he wants to sign an extension, right? He wants to stay in Cleveland. Bieber came out and said that. Yep. So if we can get those two to sign extensions, we're going to be competing for a long time, especially with the prospects we have. We're we're going to be competing for a while, and then if we go get someone trade deadline this year or in the off season next year, it's going to make us that even. Or if maybe these guys do pan out and we don't have to go trade for someone. Maybe maybe Stephen Kwan it, it comes up and, and balls out in, in right field or in or left field, and we we move on from Ahmed and we trade him for more prospects. You know what I mean? Yeah, he'd be perfect like, trade bait. People have talked about exactly because he's only here and, for you this can year. Put, and next, you can I put think. Kwan in in left field, or, or maybe put Kwan in right field and someone else in left field. Yeah, Valera next year. Kwan left field, and you have you Naylor shows out and put him in right field, and then Bobby Bradley plays plays well enough to be a starting first baseman. You know what I mean? Like maybe these players do pan out. We don't have to go get anyone. And, and we found our every days. And yeah. th- like at that point, this off season, even though we didn't go do anything, wouldn't have mattered because yes, the ownership didn't know this was going to happen. It, it's a gamble. And they kind of watched on this year, but if these guys, 
pan out, a the team's saving money, so that means we can extend these guys for longer. We can we can home grow all these guys, so we can we can keep them for we have a a competitive team for more for for longer. Instead of you trade a guy, you you're gonna sign him to a two, three, four, sometimes five, six year deal. Um, but if you home grow these guys, you have control over them for for four years, and then you extend them for another four or five. You're going to get the most out of that. So if these guys come out and and actually perform well, that's going to be even better for our franchise than if we would have traded for someone to be good this year. Yeah, I just I feel confident that you know Yu Chang, Ernie Clement, Owen Miller aren't part, and Bobby likely aren't part of that wave. Um, it doesn't mean we're going to move so on. So here's from the thing: guys, I think though. I think Bobby Bradley could be. I think Bobby Bradley has a great chance. He's very young, right? And and if he can work on his contact, I think Bobby Bradley can be a part of the future. And like you've talked about, right, we have 107 middle infielders that are ready to come up. True. And if if we can get them up and get them playing time and, and some of them pop off and some of them perform very well, then you don't have to worry about Ernie Clement, uh, Owen Miller, Yu Chang. You know what I mean? They can be role guys. They can come off the bench. Or... You move on and you get more prospects for him. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's going to be a painful growing period. Um, Every team goes through this. It's just our time to go through it. Yeah. It's just sucks. Unless you're like the Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox. Yeah, which those contracts and stuff they do are frustrating. I just I think if we're not kidding ourselves, we just know what the max ceiling is on. And I don't 100% put I do want to see Bobby a little more. I truly I do, even though I don't think he's ultimately going to be a huge stick. I do truly think we deserve to see him more in Owen a little bit. It's just tough when we have some really elite guys in that bottom line you know, one of the things I was pissed about when Arias got sent down, even though I knew it was going to happen, was asking yourself, would he be more impactful and help the team right now? And if the answer is yes, if he is an upgrade, if the answer is just yes to that, then he should be up here. Obviously, service time manipulation exists, and that's why, you know, they don't want to start it yet because they want to figure out what they got in some other guys. But it's like Arias' ceiling and just performance right now is better than several of those middle infielders. So it's kind of like, what are we waiting for? You know, if we're going to do it, let's yeah. let let's let the kids play. Like, do you really, can you look me in the eye and say that, not you, but people, sorry. Arius is, Arius is ceiling and just performance, him versus Owen Miller versus Yu Chang versus Ernie, that Arius isn't going to outperform all of them. And the answer to that is like, come on, let's not kid ourselves. Like, they, he will. You know, there's a reason he's so highly touted. So why isn't he playing right now getting reps, service time stuff? So we're going to go through the motion. We're going to see these guys hit 220 and maybe some of them maybe one of them will pop off and they're going to be our bench player or our everyday second baseman and i love that for him but it's just like meanwhile arias is stewing down in triple a richie palacios is going to be down there if steven kwan doesn't crack opening day i swear to god i'm going to lose it because he needs to add an elite contact hitter needs to be in our outfield and and figure out what we got and then build around that. So I don't know. We'll see. I could go on all day, but yeah, the only saving grace is extend Jose gives you that confidence that moving forward, that big, gigantic, monstrous top of you know MLB piece is there, and we don't have to worry about it. And then everything else fills in around. Hell yeah, you know what I mean. So <sighs> why are we fans of this team, Paul? I told you, we're. I think we're both closet masochists. <laughs> True. 
Anyway, all right, let's hit some Guardians news and stuff now that we've addressed all that, and I don't even... <sighs> God, we'll see. It's just disappointing. Yes. This year's just going to be yeah. a wash. It's it, it's just disappointing. And it's, we'll... <sighs> it's hard out here for a pimp. It, it is. is. Um, so two went, not last Wednesday, the one before, um, Guardians made two minor league deals. Uh, right-handed pitcher Ian... Juba, Jibu, Jube, Jube. I don't know if it's French or whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, and then we also signed a minor league utility infielder, Mitchell Tolman, who was a seventh round pick by Pittsburgh. Because that's what we need, utility infielder. Yeah, every nobody could come up with anything with this one across Guardians Twitter. Everyone's like, uh, there's no way to spin this. Ian uh, ended up, I think, getting actually optioned down to AAA today. Uh, in yes, there's you know slowly moving everybody so that our 28 man i think it'll be 28 for april because of the shortened spring training as we're you know slowly as spring training gets deeper and we get closer to opening day you move people down and the roster kind of comes into shape um last year he had six innings and in, i think like three or four appearances for minnesota he had a 270 ra he had a 7.22 fip fielding independent pitching which takes uh you know defense out of it and uh so he his ERA should not have been that low, but again, it's six innings. I think they're just seeing if there's something we can do here. He's got a 55 grade fastball, uh, 55, a 60 future value on his slider, 70 current and future value changeup is how he's scouted a 70. His command is 40 with a future value of 45. So hey, put him in the pitching factory. Let's see what happens. That's what I take away from yeah. it. He's he's 28. So we'll see, but a 70 grade changeup, damn. Um, overall future value 40, so below average player, roughly or average-ish. We'll we'll see. Not going to spend too much time. Um, but worst we can do is let it rip. You know what I mean? It was a minor. What was it? It was a minor league contract, right? Yeah. So yeah, there's no such thing as a bad minor league deal. And then uh, Mitchell Tolman. Uh, he's got a 40 future value, uh, grade middle infielder. I can't spin this one. He's a 27 year old second baseman. I, fuck if I know I, <laughs> why this happened, but he's you know. a bit small. I mean, five ten, 195 pounds, uh, but he's a second baseman. They're not known for being very big. I mean, I, why we added another one. I couldn't tell you, um, this was, you know, almost two weeks ago. It'll be two weeks ago tomorrow. Uh, but maybe they still thought they were in a trade or something. I I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. And then um, also we found out again, two Wednesdays ago that uh, top 10, all of MLB pipeline prospects for the outfield. George Valera was ranked number eight in all of baseball in outfield prospects. So love to see it. Just counting down the days till a Jose extension. And we see George Valera in the outfield, just smack, just smacking baseballs. Um, I feel like I we could use some of your good energy here on this next one if you have it. Yeah. So, uh, two Thursdays ago, um, the Cleveland Guardians official Twitter tweeted out, "By golly, it's beautiful!" And the Guardian sign is officially up, um, in above the scoreboard where the Indian sign used to be. Uh, half of the sign stayed. They just replaced the the. I-N-D with the G-U-A-R-D or G-U-A-R, I guess. I, I thought they replaced the whole thing. I'm almost positive. Didn't, Did they? I, yeah, they well, took I, the I whole thing down. I guess they would have down. to recenter it. Yeah, I think they took the whole thing down. Like, I think it's a brand new sign start to finish. 
Yeah, probably because they would have to recenter it. Yeah, but honestly, all that's changed was the IN and uh, they added G U A R yeah. to it. Uh, essentially, it's a new sign, but it's not going to look. It, it at first glance, it doesn't look different. It looks uh, pretty good, though. I gotta tell it you, it does look very good. But the Indian sign looked good too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I will so, say it looks sweet to see it and the you know that G, just kind of the font of that and the size yeah. of the name is just slightly longer. I don't know. It just looks good. There were some different shots. Some of the Cleveland photographers and stuff on Twitter that put. I mean, it, 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 it does look good. very good. But at, at, like I said at first glance, it doesn't look. It's on par for what this fucking rebrand's been. It doesn't look very different than what it did. <laughs> If you put your tongue on it, it tastes the same. If you look at it, it looks <laughs> the same. It smells the same. Everything about it. Um, yeah. Also, that tell day, me I'm wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. But it just looks good. It's cool <laughs> to see it. It's the Guardians, baby. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, two Thursdays ago, which just sounds so ridiculous to keep saying, but uh, they signed the Guardians signed 28 year old right handed pitcher Jake Jewell to a minor league contract. No such thing as a bad minor league contract. Lord knows what they should have. What a douchey name. Yeah, it is kind of douchey. I won't lie. 6'2", 217, 28 years old. Um, he was in AAA, and he had uh, 10 innings last year for the Cubs, had a 9-9 ERA. Um, this is another one where I think it's just there's no such thing as a bad minor league deal. Cost you basically nothing. He has a 60-grade fastball, 60-grade slider, 40-grade changeup. Uh, 40 grade command with a 45 future value on command. So they think he could develop into that. I think again, pitching factory, you see a guy with a, a plus fastball, a plus slider, um, and see if we can make, you know, see what he can do. Why not a water? You know, it, again, no such thing as a bad deal and just bolster it up. Um, also that night, I just something real quick. Jose Ramirez was ranked as the number one third baseman in all baseball by MLB network. One of the few times they got it right. Um, and it's just cool to see it. Jose tweeted out the video of them announcing it. Um, so I love that, that, you know, just, yeah, you know, be not cocky, but you know, you're the man. Talk your shit. Yeah, basically. And it was buzzing. It was just cool. They said, and they put up some different graphics and I wrote an article on this and I would go to war with anybody. It's not close. He's the number one third baseman in all baseball. It's not close. Um, but since 2020, amongst third basemen, he's number one in home runs, number one in slugging percentage, tied for first in total bases, number one in OPS plus, uh, number one in base running runs, and number one in war in the last, you know, 2020 and 2021, so a season and a half. And in that article I wrote, he is, uh, he has the third most uh, F war in all of baseball since 2017 out of every player, including pitchers. And uh, that's really good. So that's why we say he's top eight player. He could be top five easy in any year. Um, the dude is <laughs> really good at baseball, and he should never play anywhere else. So just cool to see him. Cool to see him get you know that that respect because it's not a secret. He's he's a goat. Um, we also found out two Thursdays ago the MLB pipeline. We talked about the number one uh, outfielders. Overall, they refreshed the MLB pipeline top 100. So we've talked about what fan graphs, we've talked about zips, we talked about what baseball America, baseball, all these different lists, right? Well, MLB's official thing came out 
And uh, we have five in the top 100 for all of baseball. George Valera at 47, Daniel Espino at 53, Gabriel Arias at 73, Brian Rocchio, yeah, can't forget about him, at 84, and Tyler Freeman at 88. So that future is bright. <laughs> like We have a uh, little bit of breaking news that I just saw. Okay. Uh Trevor Bauer, some Trevor Bauer news. Oh, geez. He is filing a defamation lawsuit against the athletic uh, uh, former MLB reporter and the district court uh, for L.A. for knowingly publishing false information. Dang. You didn't even do the breaking news. I know. I don't feel like something like that's worth the, the excitement of it. You know what I mean? True. That that's more for like exciting breaking news. This is more just something that just happened. I saw Tre- Trevor Bauer just tweeted it out, um, saying that, and you can view in his tweet. You can you can see his uh, complaint, the the file that he's the complaint that he's filing. So I'm not going to read it, but yeah, if that's something that you care about, that just happened. <laughs> oh, Trevor Bauer. I don't even know what to make of that. I just He did get dicked down real dirty in that whole thing. Yeah, we're just gonna have to wait and see what it seems like MLB may reinstate him. We'll we'll see what happens. It's just hard to comment on stuff like that because it could be a little bit of he said, she said, things get dismissed, things don't, MLB might punish him. Yeah, but it's just I don't wanna sound like a a, when facts get presented blatantly saying like, nah, this person lied, I don't like you know what I mean? Yeah. I haven't I looked into it a lot up front and then since then he's just exhausting to try and keep up with and so I I'd be doing he a disservice. I'd he be is very eccentric and and uh, a huge chotch. Yeah. But it's one of those things that we you've heard us talk about where baseball lacks personality and he has almost too much personality. Oh yeah. But just out of because of the subject matter, you know, until I like yeah. refamiliarized myself with it, I wouldn't want to give any opinion just because of how serious it is. But something I think the MLB has said that by April sixteenth they will finally make a ruling on what's gonna happen with him. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see and I'll probably dig into it at that time. But yeah. five out of the hundred in the MLB, I mean all these names are are huge. So that's exciting. Not so good yeah, news. Five percent. Two Fridays ago, Mandy Bell said Tyler Freeman and Nolan Jones haven't been cleared to play in games. Freeman still has soreness in his left shoulder. Remember, he had that surgery to end the year. Um, And then he should have resumed hitting last week. Uh, Jones had that ankle surgery, obviously, uh, over the offseason. But now he's got back pain. So he's going to start to run, hit, and throw um, a week and a half or so ago. I don't believe anything else has come out since then. They both got optioned back down, which we would expect it. Uh, expect excuse me i don't think either of them even got spring training reps because of this so just hate to see it uh hopefully they get better i mean they were number one and like number two in our system uh for the longest time and injuries have kind of derailed that a little bit but we can't really forget about them like here's the thing but at the same time if you can't stay healthy you're not going to be a weapon to to any sports team you know what i mean let alone baseball because it's such a long season if you can't stay healthy you're 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 more of a liability than anything, and we'll just hope that they can get healthy because you know Nolan Jones could be in right field. Uh, Tyler Freeman obviously was our number one prospect for the longest time, and just hope they can get healthy because those are two people that we've kind of 
I don't want to say I've mentally moved on from, but they're not in the buzz. You know, we're talking about Arias, or Arias, excuse me. We're talking about P- Richie Palacios, uh, Brian Rocchio, Stephen Kwan, people like that. And it's like, oh, yeah, Nolan Jones and Tyler Freeman still exist. <laughs> like, yeah. we are stacked with options. Uh, so hopefully they get they get healthy. Um, you want to take this next one just because it's it's just kind of crazy uh, <laughs> on on one of our top prospects. A little bit of a yeah, report. Yeah, give me a second. Let me get back to it because I have to do everything on my phone. Because no internet. So this is from yeah. uh, last Monday. We're finally to to no more two weeks ago. This is from last yeah. Monday. So uh, Guardians Perspective tweeted out that 21-year-old right-hand pitching prospect Daniel Espino was on the mound Monday in minor league spring training action, faced 10 batters and struck out seven of them. <laughs> And his fastball topped out at 102 and his slider at 93. <laughs> Fuck me right in the ass and call me Susie. Holy shit. <laughs> There's a reason that, you know, we people like Justin Lada and uh, Willie Hood, who are experts in scouting for Guardians Baseball Insider, that's like what they do. That's their whole bread and butter. And there's a reason that they always try and remind people, like, guys, Daniel Spino is different. Like, this isn't a maybe, we'll see. This is a, like, just wait. <laughs> like, he's coming. And yeah, it's going to be nuts when he gets here. So that's why he's, I think he's still two or three years out, two years at least. Uh, and he's already number 53 in all of baseball for us. And I think he's our third or fourth prospect now. I mean, he is just dominating through the prospect rankings and, and making a name for himself. Throwing 102 and having a slider at 93 will do the trick, though. Uh, that, yeah, that, that'll do it for you. Yeah, so that's crazy. Last Tuesday um, was arbitration day. It was a terrible day to have tweet notifications on from any of the big national reporters uh, because all they did was tweet out all day about, like, a hundred players and settling arbitration, which is obviously the process where usually it's year uh, year four, five, and six of team control that uh, you start getting a market based pay uh, relative to performance compared to others in the league. It's it's a little lighter in year one, and then it gets a little closer in year two, and year three is going to be closer to your market value. Um, so we had plenty of people. Again, everybody's young. Fran Mil Reyes, Ahmed. Hedges, Austin Hedges, Cal Quantrill, Bradley Zimmer, and Josh Naylor, um, and Shane Bieber all had to go through arbitration. If we didn't settle with them, it means we were going to have to take them to uh, a mediation, and then a third party hears the team's numbers, they hear the players' numbers, and then they could rule uh, You know, in favor of one or the other. They have ruled above even what the players asked for before, so you got to be careful. Also, a team then is in the middle. Of the, usually, these cases get done before the season starts, but because of the bullshit lockout, um, uh, they would be dealing with this into the season, and it's it can get ugly. Um, it, it's part of the business, Paul, but you have teams that have their lawyers and negotiators basically have to come up with a portfolio to talk shit and explain why they think players are worth less than they're asking for, yeah. which is business. But that's never great. <laughs> that's never a great thing, you know, that you basically have yeah. to send your people in there to talk them down. Especially for when you want a player to buy into a system. Yeah. So if you can avoid it, great. Goodwill, get it done. And we came to terms with all six of them. Fran Mil Reyes is going to make $4.55 million this year. Ahmed Rosario will make four point nine five. Austin Hedges will make $4 million. Cal Quantrill will make two point five one. 
Bradley Zimmer will make 1.3, which good God in heaven. Um, Josh Naylor will make 1.2. And then it took a little while, but late in the day before the buzzer, Shane Bieber agreed to $6 million and they avoided arbitration. Um, yep. So uh, good for them. That did raise the payroll uh, with all seven signings uh, to an estimated 55710000 so their payroll went up twenty four and a half million in one day from that. We thought it'd be closer to twenty, so there's about an extra three to four million in there from estimates, but that's all they were from you know people. Um, but yeah, we're still sitting at just under fifty six million, which is third worst in baseball. So no, no excuse. But at least we're not second worst anymore. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, it, what if we were second? What if we were just worst? You know, in baseball. Yeah, God forbid. Um, last Wednesday, some bad news here. Cody Morris got shut down An MRI revealed a strain of the Terrace major muscle. He's going to be shut down for approximately four to six, four to six weeks, excuse me. And then reevaluated at that time. Not good. Um, I don't know about a lot about Cody Morris. I only have so much bandwidth and lately, uh, with the baby and stuff. I, I know of him. I know that he was going to potentially be like a sixth or seventh starter for us and that we could see him help the team this year. I know a lot of people are high on him and that he could be a guy that was going to be there for depth and, and, and honestly impact, maybe even a number five, you know, num- a strong six. And so for four to six weeks before he can even be reevaluated, that means he's what out at least probably two months easy. Um, yeah. And you don't want to see that because the depth is thinning out. We have depth as a system, but I mean, once you get out of our starting five, you get into what, like Eli Morgan, uh, Logan Allen is a coin flip. I mean, Cody Morris is hurt right now. So I know Quincy was yelling about it and, uh, and I agreed with him that it would have been really cool for us to go sign like a 5 million, you know, kind of veteran starter, someone that's like 34, kind of on the outs, but it'll eat some innings, you know, for not a lot of money, just so that you have one more guy in there. Because as we know, you can never have too much pitching. And with Cody Morris going down for a couple months, you know, hopefully the rotation stays healthy, uh, which we always want, but it could get a little thin fast. Uh, cause there's still a lot of that pipeline that needs developed up out of double a. So yeah, not what we want to see. Um, and then your guy here, I, I know you're on your yeah. phone. Sorry. Jo- Josh Naylor, uh, same thing Wednesday. Uh, Mandy Bell tweeted out that Josh Naylor will play in a minor league game. He's been cleared to play in the outfield, but they'll likely have him DH in his first game back just to get him in, in into the swing of things running and playing in an actual game. But huge news! Like uh, I don't know if if you guys saw I I forget who we were playing, but uh, Andre not interviewed Josh Naylor during the game, and it was cool because his brother just got called up to got 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 put in the game to catch while Josh Naylor was getting interviewed, and and you saw the excitement on Josh Naylor's face like watching his brother play. And this is what I'm talking about, like with just the type of person Josh Naylor is. You can see the excitement about baseball in his face. Mm-hmm. He, that means he's that much closer to being being with us, that much closer to being back on a field, and that just warms my soul up. Uh, you guys saw me. I, I I tweeted out when when he was when he was getting interviewed by Andre Knott, so I can probably go see when he was playing. But uh, yeah, just uh, any Josh Naylor news is uh, with him coming back and making progress is is good news. Obviously, but 
God, I just love that man so much. 100%. And today he's actually playing, uh, he's either, I think he's DHing today, or he's playing right field, like in an actual spring training game as we speak, as it's being played right now. He is in right field today in an actual spring training game. We thought this dude could be out till June, maybe longer. He might never recover. He's like four months ahead of schedule. He's literally playing in a spring training game. There was that tweet that we read out two episodes ago where that that long speech that he had that that like that heartfelt tweet or or, or I think not that was tweet, last time. interview that he yeah. gave was yeah. it last episode yeah I guess it feels like two episodes ago because it was two weeks ago but yeah it, it just I don't this guy is is it's one of those things same thing with Austin Hedges just one of those guys that I don't ever want to see in another uniform other than a a Cleveland baseball uniform. Yeah, he's got, he's he's infectious. You know, it's just you just it's, like him. And then especially if Bo Naylor comes up and you can see them both play together, that that that's something special that you don't see all the time. You know what I mean? True. Feels like the air conditioning just got kicked up, even though it's cold here because I got fucking chills. <laughs> Someone's cutting onions in the apartment I live in by myself. <laughs> Uh, I, I just opened up a tweet, uh, sorry, real fast, on the Espino thing because we had just talked about it. There was some scouting thing, some report from MLB that said Espino set nine – This must I don't know the context, but it must have been last couple days – that Espino set 98 to 100 for three straight innings. And this person said, and while I was often too busy stuffing my eyeballs back into my skull to note the vertical movement on each of his pitch, the fastballs he had had between 20 and 23 inches of vertical break. <laughs> what <laughs> that's almost two feet of break on a fastball that you're running at 100 miles an hour dog <laughs> i'm scared <laughs> oh man uh but i wonder what i wonder where his rpms are at who knows i don't know if we have the date on that it's kind of tough for you know minor league stuff but as soon as he comes up we'll have all those analytics but i'm sure his spin rates are nuts um also last wednesday this is not so good luke mailey one of the only signings we've made all offseason you know minor league or a nine hundred thousand dollar deal to back up austin hedges uh went first a third on something i watched this happen in real time and he came up just kind of he comes came up gimp uh after going first to third it was weird he got to the base at third he was completely fine I don't even remember if he slid in. I want to say he didn't. Maybe he did. I don't know. And he was just standing there. He's fine. Third base coach kind of comes to slap him on the ass and say what's up. And then you kind of see him lean over and do that like grimace and he's holding his knees. And then he's just kind of like you can tell when someone's kind of shuffling on their feet like I'm a little uncomfortable. Maybe I have to poop. But it clearly didn't look like he had to poop. And he ended up getting helped off the field by the training staff. Um, He could hardly put pressure on his leg. And I believe he hurt his hamstring. Um, and it's looking like he could start the year on the IL, which is not good because one, never want to see anybody injured. Two, we might see actual plate appearances from fucking Sandy Leone now, which <laughs> Paul, I know I can be negative, but like I can only take so much, Paul. Yeah. I can only take so much. Bradley this Zimmer. Just, uh, this is just a very, this is like a circumstance where like, yeah, it, it sucks, but what like. You're going to be mad because someone got hurt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Sandy Leone sounds. Maybe Lava Stita gets called up instead and get him some plate appearances, but I doubt it. 
Yeah, because Lava Steeda is going to have more of a bat and stuff, but it seems like Sandy Leone will start the year as our backup. So uh, over under on how many games it takes for catcher's interference. Can you give me a light breaking news? Like real light, nothing crazy. Breaking news. Josh Nather's first at bat in Cactus League play, double to left center. God, that makes me fucking rock hard. I know, me too, honestly. (laughs) Let's go. Um but yeah, shout out to mate Luke Maley. Hopefully he gets better. Uh, but yeah, this is why Bradley Zimmer might crack opening day and send you know Quan down, uh, and we might see Sandy Leone get some plate appearances. And it's just a man can only take so much, Paul. A man can only take so much. But get better, Luke Maley. Um, some positive stuff. Uh, I'll let you take this one. I feel like this is your energy yeah. here. Tom Tom Withers tweeted out that Indians pitcher. Uh, CC Sabathia will receive a lifetime achievement award at the Greater Cleveland Sports next week. Uh, and then the next tweet was Slider, everyone's favorite mascot, uh, posing with with CC on the red carpet, saying the stars were out tonight at the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards. Love to see that CC, great guy, phenomenal pitcher, Hall of Famer, uh, probably. Uh, I mean, probably strikeouts, three hundred wins, I but, think. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it lately. Obviously, he he got dogged on for being overweight while he was in the league. The motherfucker is shredded now. The guy is in great shape. Uh, he he works. I think he works for MLB Network. Um, don't quote me on that. I don't think so I know, yet. But I, I he's know involved he, with a he, podcast. I think I know he does a podcast. I, but I thought that maybe he worked for MLB Network. Maybe not. I don't, that's why I said don't quote me on it. Uh, I think they've had him on as a guest on something, and that's why I'm saying that. But uh, or it's just all a fever dream. But uh, like as as much as we talk about baseball, like life achievement wise, he added years back onto his life to be a part of his kid's life, who's now playing college baseball, um, and, and everything, and love to see it, and just like congratulations on the award, and congratulations on on on. Losing all the way, get back into shape and and showing that it can be done, uh, because a lot of I know a lot of people struggle with that, um, and, and everything. So it, it's just a great thing to see, and and he, great for a great person to do it. Yeah, CC, great guy, hell of a pitcher. Um, just yeah, I, I can't really say much else. And then you you tweeted this out, and you didn't even say much about this next thing. Uh, but I, I'm gonna let you take it because it's just funny because it oh, did, yeah, did some numbers. This makes me this makes me real sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So so I what think Fox last, Sports one tweet. Uh, it, last Jeff Passan. Yeah. yeah, something like Jet. Jeff Passan tweeted it out. Uh, it, it's the the top five and bottom five uh teams that spent money on uh during the free agency. The top five are the Rangers, Dodgers, Met. LT Grays and Phillies, which I'm going on record. I've always liked the Phillies because I'm a big Bryce Bryce Harper guy. The Phillies are going to be scary this year. Yeah, their defense is going to be non-existent in the outfield with Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber and Harper, who not so much Harper, but they have basically like borderline three DHs, but they're going to hit like 400 home runs. Yes, defense matters a lot, but if you're hitting... If you're scoring 17 runs a game, like, let's be honest. Okay. I just love to hear you uh, say that. I just hope you can hear the irony of you saying that, by the way. 
Oh yeah, I know, but still. No, but they're seriously going think... to score like they're going to they're going to hit probably over 100 home runs combined, the three of them. Oh yeah. And it's going to be nuts. But that, that's it's terrifying. But there's going to be um, so many YouTube highlights of defensive miscues with some asshole putting like the da, 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 <laughs> like music of dropping like fly balls with the three of them. But and then yeah. there's the bottom five, uh, the Brewers, the Orioles, the Reds, the Guardians, and the Athletics. Uh, the bottom the five. Brewers spent twelve point nine million. Orioles spent seven point nine. Reds spent five point five. We spent nine hundred thousand, and the Athletics spent nothing. Yeah, because the athletics are blowing it up and selling everybody. But jokes yeah. on them. We gave Brian Shaw three million dollars, so it's three point nine, which still puts us yeah. in twenty ninth place for most free agent spending. Guys, the Orioles spent more than double what we spent. The <laughs> f- fucking Orioles. So, <sighs> yeah, it's not all about what you spend, but. Spending three point nine uh, million. We already talked about the Brian Shaw thing. I don't think we need to hit on that again. I just, just real fast. It's just like again, it's fine to have him up here, but three million is such an overspend. It, I like all the incentives. He can get up to nine million, so he has an option for next year. Okay, so if he maxes out all his incentives and gets picked up for next year, he could get two years nine million, which makes me want to throw up because again, we could have had. Very good arms like Andrew Chafin that we talked about in one of our episodes. Um, I broke all about him. He went for like two for 12 to the Tigers. That's in division, as everybody obviously knows. So the fact that it could be two for nine for Brian Shaw, who can eat innings. We need veterans. We have no veterans in our bullpen. That's why I want us to spend a little bit of money. And honestly, I'm going to ask some people. They got upset like, oh, it's a bad investment. It's this or that. It's $5 million. Give me a break. And instead, we bring Shaw back at $3 million, And then Karinchek is out. He's injured. We'll get to that for probably a month or two. And that's we'll see if he's even good anymore without sticky stuff. Well, let's stuff. just talk about it now. James Karinchek will, will be shut down from thumb for the next 7 to 10 days after an MRI revealed a terrace major muscle. Uh, I'm assuming sprain because it's 7 to 10 days. I don't know if it was yeah, there but- or not. Someone said that he that that's like the same shit that happened to Clevenger, and it kept him out over two months. Like it, they said, it'll be seven to ten days before they reevaluate, but everybody was saying like that could be months for yeah. him to come back. But in and the meantime, then, he gets to hang out with QAnon, uh, so good for Karen check. But and he's got crackhead energy, so maybe that heals up this the the or speeds up the healing process. I don't know, man. But maybe, we just we needed helps. We needed more veterans in the bullpen. Like we needed, yeah. like Shaw's fine eat innings, but he's all he's washed. You don't give him high leverage innings. And Tito literally wants to suck him off from behind every day. And so can't wait for him to get high leverage innings and throw seventy innings. And they're going to be high leverage, and he's going to give up runs because that's not what he's going to be used for. That's not Brian Shaw anymore. But Tito is blinded by him. He's such a good manager, but it's just so frustrating we overpaid so much oh my god it's not a ton of money but it's just like it becomes an issue when you think about what you could have got for like a couple more million you could have gotten like a ferrari instead you got a freaking brand new ford focus and it's like what why so i don't know um fine I'm i'm fine with them but why that um 
last Thursday, they updated, like we talked about, all the new prospect lists. And I think it's important because, hey, people shuffle in and out. You know, Freeman was our number one prospect and all that. So they've reshuffled it from MLB.com. George Valera is now our number one prospect internally. Espino is number two. Arias is number three. Brian Rocchio is number four. Tyler Freeman's five. Nolan Jones is six. Gavin Williams is seven. Logan Allen is eight. Not Logan... Is it Logan S. Allen is the one that sucks and was a left-hander? I think this Logan Allen is Logan T. Allen. I might be mixing that up. Uh, Because, you know... I remember it as tattooed or not tattooed Logan Allen. He's Logan... I don't know his middle name, so I can't figure it out. Uh, But one of the other ones. Not the one that sucked and was a left... uh, Although this Logan Allen's also left-handed. They couldn't have signed people with different names. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> number nine's jose tania who's another shortstop it's like when we had the only two people in the mlb with the last name rosario yeah true uh angel martinez is number 10 um just and then real quick highlights brian lavastita's number 12 young kenzie noel's 13 stephen kwan's 15 but stephen kwan's been getting buzz from like national writers of like dark horse rookie of the year candidates He's Paul, he strikes out at like a nine and a half percent clip. That's nuts. That's so nut. that, nuts. That is fucking crazy. He's elite contact. Bo Naylor's 16. Cody Morris is 17. Richie Palacios is 18. Um, just trying to see any names that I've uh yeah, and that's pretty much all the names that we've kind of talked about. So it's interesting to see the deck reshuffled, but George Valera at number one, rightfully so. Um and then I will say something since you just brought it up and it yeah. reminded me of it. Watching Bo Naylor play, uh, I only saw I think I only watched one at bat, and I, I think he he flew out, um, which made contact that that happens. You'll find a hole. He looks very comfortable behind the plate, like and obviously you're a professional catcher, you're gonna look comfortable, but it, it was like a different level of like this that like that's where he's supposed to be type of like relaxed yeah and it made me very happy which uh, another quick thing with these prospect lists uh, there's updated scouting reports on them so if you go out to mlb.com or just you know google these minor league uh prospect I'll, I'll put the link in the episode description um but it's cool because they update all the prospect reports so you know you can see all the future values and the rankings and uh read the things and honestly we've become so acquainted because of obviously the podcast paul we knew some of these names before but with our platform you and I have really read into them and obviously have to know these guys. We're not experts. We're never going to be minor league prospect people, but we're going to know and be able to hold our own. Right. And we did a whole episode on these guys back for the rule five draft. So check that out. Um, but I was rereading them and everybody should. And what's funny about Bo Naylor was, is he was supposed to be bat first and defense was going to be meh. And his scouting report I read the other day is like, He's kind of struggled offensively in double A, but now he's become like the defensive god in our system. It's like, what? <laughs> That's not what we projected him to do. It's like, how often yeah. do you see guys that, you know, usually if you're bat first, you'll kind of stay that and defense will just kind of get better over time, you know, but and I'm not too worried about the offense. And I don't think scouts are either, but it's just funny that thus far he randomly flipped the switch and he's a defensive god and the bat needs to like kind of get a little more acquainted. It's just kind of. Kind of not how you see stuff go. Which, which will definitely happen, especially because he was a bat-first guy to begin with. Oh, yeah. But, ah, uh, man. Like, it, it, 
obviously I love me a good catcher prospect. I love me love me a great catcher. All my favorite baseball players growing up and even now are catchers. Um, which that's going to get me into a topic here later in a little bit because I almost cried about something the other day. Ooh. But uh, I don't know. Like you, you guys have heard me talk about it on here a bunch of times. I am so high on uh, Bo Naylor to a point where people have told me to calm down uh, and that I they think I'm overhyping them. I I don't know, man. I I think there's there's just something special about him that that gets me excited. There there's something in there that just it it tickles my fancy and and, and it just makes me all hot and bothered on the inside. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna see. He's a waste. I think you're overvaluing him a little bit, but he's so young that it's kind of like he could become the best catching prospect in baseball, you know, in a year. I, I, it's just so early. We'll see. And I haven't scouted it's, him enough. It's one of those things. I very well could be. And it's literally nothing other than I've seen I've seen scouting reports, highlight tapes, and seen him play a couple times. And just these little flashes that I've seen. Just daddy like, like what it, he it's, sees. It's just like a gut feeling deep down inside that makes me super excited. Yeah. And, hey, we need it. You know, he's, he's a great kid. If he's anything like his brother's energy, right? That's the biggest thing. Because if we're not lying to ourselves, Nather's not going to be a 30 home run guy. Like, I look at his optics. I look at his analytical profile. Not at all. And let me just finish, Paul, because I, I love Naylor. I'm not going to argue. We overhype him a little bit. Like, the whole all the fans kind of do. Like, he's not going to be our monster saver, savior that's going to put up 30 home runs. That's, that's just not going to happen. I'd be shocked. I hope he does. We kind of overvalue him, but he's one of those guys that, like, if he can hit 270, he could play maybe first base, you know, because he's a defensive liability in right field. But the energy, the passion, the just the rah, rah, rah he brings, you need that dude every single day of the week in the in the clubhouse, in the dugout, and I will, I'm 100% behind that. He's not going to be a crazy guy that's going to put up five war. It's not going to be. But here's happen. the thing: you don't need everyone on your baseball team to put up five. Oh, goals. exactly. You don't need all stars at every position. Yeah. You need guys like Josh Naylor on your yep. baseball team, uh-huh. or else kids are going to. He's going to take people under his wing. He's going to. People are going to get burnt out. And having a guy like Josh, it's a long season. Having a guy like Josh Naylor makes the game fun. You see the energy. You see even when things are bad, you see him talking, and, and you can see him picking people up, and. Like you, you need people like that on your team. You don't need everyone on your team to be an all star. Yep, hundred percent. Hey, twenty home runs is no joke. If he hits two seventy and twenty home runs, that's still a solid ass ball player. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's just that he's obviously not a star or anything. But I want him on my team every day of the freaking week. Just uh, but just a kind of level set. But yeah, I have nothing bad to say. I I want him back bad. Um. Also, what was it last quickly here last Friday? Uh, Zips updated their projected top 100 prospects. I think we already talked about this before, uh, but it just came up again that the Guardians have 10 top 100 prospects in Zips system. <laughs> the next most are the Braves with six. We have 10% of the top 100 from Zips system. That's just nuts. Just something to think about. Um, God, the future's bright. That's why I just want to see these kids play. That's why I get so upset, Paul. Um, uh, and then Saturday, we already talked about James Karinchek, uh being shut down, but Luke Maley did have a left hamstring strain, and he's going to miss three to four weeks of Major League game activity. Not good. Um, you don't want that hamstring barking. 
And then the first round of cuts happened on Sunday. You know, as we're now, what, just a little over a week away from uh, opening day? Just over a week? Um, But on Sunday, they optioned Tyler Freeman, Nolan Jones, and young Kenzie Noel down to AAA. Not surprising. obviously, Nolan Jones and uh, Tyler Freeman both hurt, didn't play at all. So they were going to be the first ones to get cut. Like, as much as like they're supposed to be our stars in our future, if you can't stay healthy, you're you're going to be the first ones called down. Yeah, and something important. Uh, Guardians perspective uh, had some commentary on this. I want to give them credit. Um, you might catch young Kenzie Noel. He was in High A. That's where he finished last year. And he, I, you know, we just read off that he got optioned to Triple A. Uh, so hey oh, you know. But Guardians perspective said just because he got optioned there does not mean he's going to start the season there. It's a paper move currently, and expect him to possibly open up at Akron. But regardless, um, you know, he made a good impression at spring. But you're not going to go from high A to Triple A most of the time unless you're Gabriel Arias. Whoops. Um, or you know, just just in general, we we got time for young Kenzie to continue to develop. He's a big boy, yeah. And uh, the best thing he could do is maybe start at Double A and then maybe get that promotion to Triple A this year, and then force the issue for next year or mid mid next year, depending on how things shake out. So that was the first round of moves. Nothing crazy there. Later in the day, though, some more reassignments to minor league camp. Um, Bo Naylor, Kirk McCarty. Brian Rocchio, Jose Tenya, George Valera, and Richie Palacios. Richie Palacios isn't shocking, but you know they were getting him a couple reps in left field um, in spring training, even though he is a uh, shortstop second baseman. I want to say second baseman more. Sorry, off the top of my head. Um, which was cool, so we thought maybe he could crack camp. You know, Maybe, we'll see. Uh, but they're moving Ahmed out there now, which then opens up the window for Andres Jimenez to actually play shortstop as the good Lord intended. Um, and that's the best position for everybody. So you, you take some wins where you can get them and we'll see him soon enough, I'm sure. But for now, um, something's got to shake loose and nothing surprising about any of those. These guys weren't going to crack opening day roster. Yeah. Uh, Monday. So yesterday now, uh, Guardians optioned Gabriel Arias to AAA and reassigned Will Benson and Tanner Tolley. Tanner Tolley's a pitcher uh, to minor league camp. I was upset by this, not surprised at all, kind of already ripped into it a little bit. He could immediately impact and help the team. He is part of the future. Um, he had an incredible spring. I think he hit 571 or so. Yeah, he hit 570. It's in the next thing. Yeah, he hit 571. He defense, he's got a 70, is it 70 or 75 grade arm, which is the strongest in the entire prospect system of all baseball. He has like the highest ranking, just an absolute literal cannon coming out of his arm. Um, and it's just frustrating. I mean, this is service time manipulation. Uh, I don't care when it, I mean, I don't think they think he's going to be the next Lindor, but he can help the team now. And so ask yourself the question, should he be up here? Would he be an improvement? Is the answer yes? Then he should be on the team. Uh, we'll see him in a couple months, though. Uh, don't get discouraged. Uh, you're a stud. I've always been crazy high on him. I think, Paul, you can attest to that for six months now. I said there's just something about his profile when I read the scouting reports, when I look at the performance, the fact he jumped from high A, I believe, to triple A and just put up like an 820, I think, OPS, 850. Like, what? As a shortstop? He's a big boy, too. I think he's like six. 6'1", 215 or something for shorts, maybe a little bit bigger. I mean, he's 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 a big boy. Um, I, I just love him, so hopefully we'll see him sooner than later. And if anybody slips up, even though I'm super high on Jimenez, um, 
even if it's just at second base, Owen Miller, Ernie Clement, Yu Chang, if they all shit the bed and we start, you know, piece flip flopping Jimenez and Arias, this kid needs to be up here sooner than later if those guys don't prove themselves in the first 45 days. Um, because, man, he looked good in spring. He was a dog. So, um, and we're not going to go through all the spring training games. Uh, one, it's just tough. Uh, we're not going to give an analysis on that. The way we run players out. Guardians Perspective did an amazing job for us. Uh, well, I'm going to use what they have uh, yesterday in kind of highlighting some of the hot bats in spring training. And this is through yesterday, so it's actually up to date. Gabriel Arias went 8 for 14, 571 average. Ernie Clement, 9 and nine for 16 with 563 average, Paul? Owen Miller, yeah. nine, 9 for 19 with 474. Hey, he was tearing it up at AAA. He just shit the bed when he got up here. So, okay, Owen Miller, prove me wrong. Fran he was Mio. tearing it up, then got cold, and then we called him up. Yeah, which was a tough, and we talked about that. Um, Fran Mill Reyes, 7 for 15, 467 average. Steven Kwan, 7 for 16, still has not struck out. 438 average. Yu Chang, 8 for 19, 421 average. Andres Jimenez, 5 for 13, 385 average. And he's looking a lot more comfortable in spring. Brian Rocchio, 5 for 14, 357 average. Miles Straw, 6 for 17, 353 average. So um, a lot of guys had a lot of good springs, uh, which you can over or under read into. But it's just nice to see some of those numbers, man. Uh, Especially some of the kids that... We you know we believe in like Arias, Quan, uh, Rocchio, and hell even Clement and Miller you know can't prove us wrong. Um, but yeah, Bobby and Zimmer are having not good springs. I think Zimmer struck out twelve out of eighteen at bats. Um, it's just he it's had a t- triple yesterday. I know that. Yeah, he did. God fucking help us. Um, Mandy Bell, earlier today, next round of cuts happened, and we're in the present, finally. Um, Oscar Gonzalez, who a lot of people wanted to see, maybe crack the opening day roster, see what his bat had. Um, I just only have the bandwidth to follow so many of these guys, and Arias and Quan are the people I've hooked my, uh, you know, hitched my horse to. Daniel Johnson uh, reassigned. Again, he got DFA'd for the Rule 5, fun fact. Um, and then, you know... We, he cleared waivers. He's back, and we're sending him back down to the minors. So we'll see if he ever sticks. Adam Scott, that Ian Guba, I, Gubate, I don't know how to pronounce it, and Jake Jewell. So those last two were those pitchers that minor league deals, see what the hell you got. Maybe something will happen. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's the status of things. We're, what, two, nine, nine or ten days away from opening day, and it yeah. looks it looks like straw be center field. It, it looks like there's some decent energy here. Um, I think there was an article I forgot to put in the notes, sorry, that Tito had made a comment that Ahmed, something to the effect of like Ahmed looks poised and ready to play left field, which again is where he needs to be. So Ahmed in left field, straw in center. Hopefully Naylor's ready to play right field opening day so that we DFA Bradley Zimmer so that we can keep Stephen Kwan up here because I want Stephen Kwan on the roster. Bobby Bradley will be our first baseman. Owen Miller, Ernie Clement, Yu Chang will be second base. Uh, seems like Jimenez is going to get the nod at short as he should. Jose at third, of course. Um, and then Hedges and likely Sandy Leone behind the plate. And then, you know, Bieber, Savali, uh, uh, McKenzie, Quantrill, and um, 
uh, what's his dick, uh, Chotch Boy, uh, Plesak, will be our five. <laughs> uh, he is. He that dude's a douche. Like there's so much hate that goes around for him, and he kind of deserves it. He's he's a Chotch, but we'll see if he doesn't get blown up into the moon, and if he last year was just a shit year for him. But uh, obviously, we want to see him succeed. So he did say that in the off season he worked out a lot with Bieber. So yeah. But he is. He's just a chotch. Um, I'm not going to go through a lot of this MLB news. It's just going long. Uh, quick thing. Jock Peterson, $6 million, went to the Giants. Freddie Freeman went to the Dodgers, six-year, 162. So he left the Braves, which shame on the Braves, but they also got Matt Olson. Um, Freeman's just one of those guys should have never worn another jersey. Yep. Um, World Baseball Classic going to return spring 2023, which is awesome. Love the World Baseball Classic. Basically yeah. like the Olympics, but just for baseball. And it just slaps. Um, MLB announced a 20-round MLB. It's better than the Olympics in baseball. Because oh, not yeah. every country participates in the Olympics. True. So you get to see the actual Dominican Republic play against other countries. And in the Olympics, the Dominican Republic doesn't perform. Yeah. So it's just it's like what the Olympics should be if owners let the the season pause every four years for the Olympics yeah. and actually sent our guys over. That's why I love it. Uh, MLB announced there will be a 20-round MLB draft during All-Star Week in Los Angeles, July 17th through the 19th. Uh, there will be a draft combine June 14th through the 20th at Petco Park in San Diego. Um, Archie Bradley signed a one-year $3.75 million contract to the Angels. They always need pitching help. Please help Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Um, Cubs got Jonathan VR to a $6 million deal. Uh, Angels signed another person, Ryan Tapera, a reliever, two for 14. Uh, I don't care about Brad Miller, actually, to the Rangers. Shouldn't even put that in here. Um, uh, New York Yankees traded uh, Luke Voigt, who some people, you know, buzzed a little bit about maybe coming to the Guardians. Um, they acquired Justin Lang, a right-handed pitcher from the Padres, in ex- and they traded away Luke Voigt, uh, which seemed likely. Uh, Kenley Jansen, one of the best closers, you know, longtime Dodger. Atlanta Braves got him. Uh, dude, the Braves are going for it. They are not yeah. fucking around. Trying to go back to back. They are, man. Holy crap. One year, $16 million. They got him in there, in their bullpen, and then they signed uh, somebody else. I'm sure it's in here. Uh, Michael Pineda, just a solid five-inning guy. Uh, he was with the Twins last year, had a solid season. Um, you know, veteran, veteran. He's getting up there. But uh, give you five good innings. He had a good year for the Twins last year. He got $5.5 million, uh to go to the Tigers. So staying in division. Uh, but the Tigers, you know, bolster that a little bit. Um, they're getting better. Everybody is. Uh, Castellanos, five years, $100 million to the Phillies. Talked about that a little bit, but there's the numbers. The shocking one, Carlos Correa, three-year, $105 million deal to the Twins. This happened at like 2 in the morning, um, the night that my wife started having contractions with Everett. Uh, at like 2 in the morning, this broke, and it was just crazy. Uh, he has opt-outs every year, Paul, so he... Let me tell you this right now. Carlos Correa will not be in Minnesota for three years. Carlos Correa will either have it will have an amazing year this he'll either get traded at the deadline and the twins will get a bunch of prospects back, or he will pop off this year, 
opt out and then go back into the market next year when there aren't a million shortstops trying to get paid. Because what, Seager happened this year, uh, Trevor Story, Story, Correa. Like, he'll go back next year and then he's going to sign like a bag, like a two, three hundred million dollar deal. So there is, unless he gets injured, there's a zero percent chance he's on the Twins for three years. Literally zero percent. But hey, go for it, Twins. They said they sold 60,000 additional single-game tickets within, like, three days. Guardians, are you listening? Are you listening to what this can do? Like, it's not going to bury you, but I think that's also the highest AAV for uh, infielder per year ever. I think it's, like, 35.1, I think. So, whatever. But he's in division now, so the Twins now have uh, Carlos Correa and Gary Sanchez. So, Fuck Gary Sanchez. The Tigers have... Didn't uh, Gary Sanchez and Carlos Correa get into like a fight a couple years ago? I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. Because obviously the Astros and Yankees don't get along. I don't think so, though. I want to say that was the Yankees and... Maybe it was the Yankees and the ti- Yankees and Tigers? Yeah, because didn't Miggy and... Didn't Miggy get into it with... Uh, what's his name? With Gary Sanchez? Because didn't Gary I don't know. Gary some... Sanchez tries to fight everyone. Yeah, he's a punk. Uh, Jorge Soler in the Miami Marlins, three-year, $36 million. So he came off the board. So we're like, okay, it's another one. Uh, he's gone. But that's a lot of money. The Guardian should not have given him that, and we didn't, obviously. But if he could get, like, one for eight, one for ten, but three for 36 is some serious money. And then one of the final big names, Trevor Story. Uh, weird deal. Six year, $140 million to the Red Sox, where he'll play second base because they have Xander Bogarts, who is a better shortstop. So, weird deal. Um, there's a complicated opt-out where if he opts out after year six, the Red Sox retain an option to keep him at higher money. So, basically, he can opt out, but... He can't really opt out. It's just that, like, if he wants out of the deal, the Red Sox have to pay him more for the seventh year. Isn't that weird? It's a really weird yeah. deal. So he gets more money if they decide, like, we're not going to let you out of it. It's so I don't know. Um, there's a picture here of the new uh, minor league baseball bases. Do you see how much bigger this is? We talked about yeah. the big. These are that's like a what 25, 30 percent bigger, 30, 30 percent. That's a big base, man. <laughs> I will say if, if go go listen to what me and me and Quincy uh the where Quincy had me on, uh we talked about this. I don't think this changes that much. Oh no, uh, I'm I for think, it. It's just funny to I, see the base. I think that it increases safety. There's a fucking plane going over, so I probably sound like shit right now. You're but, fine, King. Um, it increases safety, but at the same time in, in the heat of the moment, right? You're you're looking for the corner of a bag. You're not you're not like, oh well the bag's bigger, the corner used to be here. I'm aiming for you know what I mean? You're still gonna aim for the corner of the bag whenever you whenever you're rounding bases or or going to, to make a stretch or, or turn a double play or anything. So I don't think it changes that much. Yeah. I'm with you. Again, it's just funny to see the picture because stacked up, it's like, damn, that thing's bigger. <laughs> like it's not a little bit. It's like that that's a big base, but if it keeps yeah. people healthy um and like you said shout out to quincy's guardians uh fan cast that you were on uh last week's one of the episodes it's daily go check that out paul killed it um you guys talked about that but yeah uh, it's just funny to see the picture it's a lot bigger than you'd kind of think 
Uh, Tommy Pham, one year, seven and a half million to the Reds. Weird deal. I wanted him just as a marginal upgrade. I get why they're not going to do it. Just with let the kids play is kind of their their motto. And so Antonetti, you better let the kids play. You better not waste time on dead dead beat people. Let the kids play. Uh, but yeah, uh, didn't make sense anymore for Tommy Pham. Weird that he went to the Reds, but seven and a half million. I'll have a man go anywhere. I know I would. Um, Randall Gritchick got traded to the Rockies for Ramal Tapia. Uh, don't really care too much about that. Um, some stuff about new humidors being put in all parks this season. So that'll help with balls and different uh, parks. But I don't want to get too much into that. Um, Harold Ramirez, our friend that we traded, what, to the Cubs, right? Right around Rule 5 draft? Old Harold Ramirez, yes. left two left feet Harold Ramirez. Ended up getting uh, traded to the Cubs. Or, sorry, excuse me, to the Rays. Uh, the Cubs traded him to the Rays. So, that's something. Uh, I miss C- him already. Yeah. Cattell Marte signed a five-year, $76 million extension. You everybody want talk about this next one. Yeah, everybody wanted, uh, everybody wanted him to get traded to the Guardians. I know I kind of wanted it, too. Um that kind of came out of nowhere that he got extended by the Diamondbacks because nobody ever knows what they're doing. Um, and I don't think they do. But uh, all I did is I quote you to this. I was like, so I guess he's not going to be a guardian because <laughs> he got extended <laughs> for literally peanuts. Pe- five for 76 is like a war crime. Um, yeah. And yeah, this next one's yours here. As we're this one's all mine. This, up. this made me very happy. I have, I have a couple friends that are that are... Cardinals fans, and I've, t- I've been texting them about it. Albert Pujols signs a one-year deal with the St. Louis Cardinals to finish off his career. He said this is going to be his final career. Um, him, Yachty, and Wainwright are all going to ride off into the the Sunset Hall of Fame together, and and it's going to be bittersweet. And, and uh, I, I love it, and I love every second of it. How poetic it is, and everything. But it's literally the end of an era. Yeah, for for St. Louis, one of the greatest hitters ever. He could get if he somehow hits twenty one, which I want him to hit twenty one, twenty one more to seven hundred. I want him to get to seven hundred so badly. And the D, you know, he'll he smashes lefties still at an the elite universal level. DH now. So. Yeah, that can help him maybe get a few more reps to get twenty. All I want is him to get seven hundred and be one of like. What four or five people in history? Yeah. Oh my God, he's so Him, good. Yachty and Wainwright all riding off into sunset together. It, Literal chills. The only thing that'll make it better is if they win a World Series um, somehow. <laughs> yeah, somehow. I mean they 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 have they have a good team. They I mean they need they need more pitching, but they they their outfield stacked. They they had what the most Golden Gloves. They had what like six Golden Gloves last year. Yeah, I want to say six, which is just absurd. Yeah, so, so they have a team that they made a decent push into the playoffs last year. If they can do it again, I might cry. I very well might cry. It's just beautiful. Some things you just you can't you just can't make it up. You know, just yeah. love it. Um, and then today, just important in division, uh, or sorry, yesterday, right-hander Chris Archer and the Twins, one year, three and a half million. Um, he can earn up to nine and a half million this year with performance bonuses. Um, 
It has a base. His deal has a 2.75 million base with a 10 million mutual option for next year with a three quarter of a million dollar buyout. A lot of numbers there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's going to get paid well. And uh, another just just depth piece. I've never been big on him, but the Twins just kind of throwing a bunch of five, fifth or sixth starter in there and trying to see what happens because they will hit. Uh, good Lord knows they should not repeat. Last year was really weird how poorly they performed. Yeah. Um, but once again, the rest of the division, other than I think the Royals haven't done anything just like us, but the rest of the division is getting better. White Sox now have the best bullpen in baseball. They have Joe Kelly. They have had Michael Kopech. They've had Craig Kimbrell. They have um, Liam Hendricks. So from basically the fifth inning on, it's over. They have Lucas Giolito. They have Dylan Cease. They have... I uh, can't it's blanking. They have starting pitching. I mean, they're stacked. The the the, yeah. the White Sox are going to blow through this division, and we're all going to be basically clawing for second. Um, but I still think at worst we're third place personally. Um, very last thing here, and then we'll wrap up. Just had a lot to get to. Paul, this is all you because I know you love this, and then I want to ask you yeah. if you'd seen the one today. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you've seen it. Okay, okay. All right, so... Uh, Nike uh, tweeted out, or I don't think Nike did, but the Nike City Connect uniforms got got released and, and their time frames of when they're going to get released. Uh, so the Washington Nationals, uh, they're getting released on a- April 9th. That's where their on-field debut is April 9th. The Astros are April 20th. The Kansas City Royals, April 30th. The Rockies, June 4th. The Angels, June 11th. The Brewers, June 24th, and the Padres, July 8th. Yep. So, And Washington's got released today, and I fucking love them. Yeah, I like them, and I love what they're doing. I think they could have done a better job with them, but they're still pretty cool. They're the... um, They got the uh, cherry blossom on it. They're, They're gray. They have the WSH for Washington and white. They have a cherry blossom under it, and they have pink accents on the sleeves. Uh, I don't know. I love the – and they got the pink, uh, like, Nike swoosh on on the chest. And the off-white pants. I I love it. I I love it. I love the pink accent. Not something you see other than on Mother's Day in baseball. Just just something different, which all these City Connect uniforms are are very different. Just – Basic, clean, and, and and I'm a huge fan. Yeah, it's it's a little too simple, but I love the cherry blossoms. Obviously, that's what they're known for this time of year. It's really cool, cool gray color in them. I think they could have done a little bit more, um, but they're sweet. And you and I always look forward to these. I can't wait for the rest of the teams uh, to come up throughout the year. It'll be sweet to see. I can't wait for the next couple years to see what Cleveland gets. Yeah, I know. Someone someone uh, on the timeline today said, like, you'd think with the rebrand, Cleveland would have paid basically yeah. whatever to get this. And it's like, and someone else said, uh, please, God, don't put a fucking guitar on the City Connect. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, yes, <laughs> this person gets it. So, um, but yeah, no, it's exciting. This is the stuff we love. You know, be unique. Uh, make baseball fun again yeah make baseball fun it's supposed to be fun it's a game it's a game that we die for and that we literally ruin our days over mine more than yours um because i get real worked up but uh but yeah so 
we're pushing two hours, man. You got anything else? I mean, the, the people waited long enough, and uh... yeah, no, we we had a lot to cover. Uh, from here on out, it should be a little bit more regular, hopefully. Unless oh, yeah. I keep getting dicked over, but uh, <laughs> again, keep taking L. Alex, congratulations to you and Taylor. Uh, Thank you. Uh, cannot be more happy for for the two of you. Oh. Um, but no, I, I don't have anything else. Um, Sorry for the delay, guys. Uh, the support's been crazy lately, and thank you for sticking with us. Yeah, we love it. Um, love everybody. It's just been crazy and so excited. And it's funny. we uh, Now that it's like blowing up is when we've been like on time with every episode for like four months straight. And then now that it's blowing up is when we're running into issues being on time with the episodes. I'm like, yeah. yes, I love it here. Yes, yes, yes. But no, we'll. But uh, I, I, I think I think you guys, it's worth the wait. We, we, I think there's a lot of good information. I, I think we said some good stuff, and I think you guys will agree. Yeah, you had to yell not. at me. Let us let us know on Twitter. Let us know if you agree or disagree, or or if there's any other uh, anything else that we didn't hit that you want to talk about. You know what I yeah. mean? We're, we're we. Alex has his phone on him more than I do because I can't take mine into work. But we both love debating. And, and we'll both get our opinions out. So let us yeah, know what just, you guys think. Slide in our vibing. DMs if you want to come on. Uh, let us know if you guys want to hear anything specific. You guys yeah. are about to hear our bread and butter of, of in-season breakdowns and everything. And, and you're going to see us shine talking about the sport we all love. Yeah, that's what we love to do. So thanks for rocking with us. Uh, well, there'll be one more episode before formal season opening day hype, obviously. Um, but maybe we do one more fun thing before that because not much is going to go on. You know yeah, I, mean? I know this is like a big clear the deck kind of episode with like basically yeah. transactions are done. There's nothing else to really so, talk so about. Maybe, MLB maybe we, uh, we come up with something fun to do. Yeah. And then probably do two episodes next week for like opening day or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like a little over a week cause the episodes, but anyway, we can talk about it all day or do it. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we love doing this and love all the support. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at two one six baseball pod at two one six baseball pod for TikTok. there. Paul makes some fun stuff. Um, please make sure you turn on, uh, automatic downloads and follow the show wherever you get your podcast leave a review let us know what you think it really helps us and tell your friends yeah tell your friends tell your mom tell tell the person you, you know your, tell your grandma yeah your grandma tell, tell, tell your grandma especially when you go back on youtube say hey these two really cute guys do a podcast uh, on cleveland baseball that i think you'll really like give her life give her life yeah um but yeah no we'll be back uh on monday ish um i'll say monday you know we'll, we'll wrap up some of the wrap up some of the spring training stuff yeah and then we'll be we'll be back back at it man it's almost time for opening day let's go i know so, thanks so much for listening and we will see you guys next time guards up baby guards up baby let's go